0: Welcome to The Coaching Circle, a podcast where we explore the world of coaching, business and personal evolution with me, NLP, Master Trainer, Coach and your host, Tony Everard. Inspiring conversations and deep dives into every aspect of your coaching and wellbeing business with experts in their field to help you stand out as the expert in yours. Get ready, let's go. What i do if I was to start my business again. One of the questions that I get asked quite a lot by my clients and students is, Tony, what did you do when you first started your business? And the reason why people ask is because I've now been running a six-figure business for quite a few years, but it certainly didn't start out that way. And I'm very upfront and honest about that. I don't try to make it seem like I've just always been a Garnet business because I haven't. And in fact, in the first couple of years I was in business, I did not make six figures at all. And uh, probably close to very little money in the first year that I ever went into business. And uh, But there were definitely some things that I did do well and I'm going to be talking about those Um, But there were definitely some things that I didn't do very well, and I'll talk about those too, but most importantly, I'm going to talk about what I would do instead now. What would be my focus now if I was to start again? So first of all, let me take you back, way back, to where it all started at the end of 2014. And at that time, I was working as an assistant accountant at a function centre. And uh, I was a single mom. I had a bunch of failed relationships behind me. I was working part time and I was supported very much by child maintenance, single parent payment, pension, family tax benefit, all of that kind of stuff. I had uh, shared custody of my daughter. I was living in a two bedroom unit that I'd uh, bought by having the deposit came from my divorce settlement, property settlement. And so I had this unit, I was working part-time, part-time shared custody as uh, as a mum and I was drinking too much to essentially escape my life. That was pretty much what it was. Now, it looked like I had this great social life, I did, but behind this great social life, there was really me just trying to mask a whole lot of unhappiness. But it, it seemed at the time like that was just normal life because uh, the people, you know, that I hung out with, They were all people that had, you know, they were managers, you know, business development managers, all those kinds of things. And they all had successful jobs in their own houses and things like that. Um, But they too were drinking and partying a lot. So it seemed normal. And not only that, but at my work, uh, a big focus at my workplace was wine. And so everyone there drank a lot as well. And there was always after work drinks and during work drinks, to be honest. Um, But there was a point in time that at, towards the end of 2014 and especially after the, the end of a very heavy party season that I started to get an idea that I actually was not living a life that I wanted to live and it's not who I wanted to be as a grown-up and so I started looking around at things and at this time a really close friend of mine was building websites and getting into this thing called affiliate marketing which I'd never heard of before, so I got really curious and I sort of, you know, downloaded some things. The next minute I was in this funnel with these internet marketing guys and uh, I heard all about this dream of being able to make money from your laptop selling other people's stuff. And all these people were just like, you know, tapping away on their keyboards, putting ads out and just raking in the dough and travelling all over the world happy as Larry. So I bought into that dream. I thought, yes, that sounds like the life for me, and uh, bought into it. Um, bought into it quite heavily, actually. I ended up spending over ten grand in that whole scenario, and I let's say I didn't realise that dream because even though I spent thousands, I made absolutely zilch, zero, nada, nothing, not a cent. And so it was a little bit soul-destroying at that time because I thought surely if I just pay a heap of money to experts, they'll teach me stuff and I will make it happen, right? No, it doesn't actually work like that. But there were a couple of good things that come out of that whole time and one was that they ran this 90-day video challenge. I wasn't doing live videos because we weren't really doing live videos in 2014, 2015, but I was recording videos on my phone and then uh, posting them into this group every day. And so that got me comfortable with video, right? That was a big thing. And I remember my very first video because I know a lot of people and probably you listening, you might have either hate video, taken a while to get used to video or no, you're going to do it and don't want to do it, whatever. Because visibility is a big thing that I help people with. And I can assure you when I did my first video, I was like a deer in the headlights. I was petrified. I remember being on a beach thinking I'm going to get this amazing backdrop on the beach the amount of time I had to wait to make sure that not one person would walk past me and see me talking on a video like an idiot uh, because you know I didn't want to look like an idiot (laughs) but I did manage to end up recording it it's quite funny it's somewhere on my YouTube page I think I don't know if I've unlisted it now but I did these 90 days of videos and it got me very used to being on video which was good and they were some really important skills and also in this group I learned a whole lot more about personal development because the people that run this affiliate marketing thing they knew that the people who succeeded did a lot of mindset work okay you have to change your mindset to get a different reality so I I got introduced to that and then the next really important thing that happened was that while I was doing this 90-day video challenge I met my first coach and she was doing the 90-day video challenge as well and I kind of got into a lot of rapport with her, really liked her, liked how she spoke, I liked, you know, we just got in rapport. So I reached out to her and we, you know, decided that um, we would do some coaching together. And so she was coaching me and she was a big fan of Tony Robbins and uh, NLP. And she started teaching me, you know, how to use my mind in a different way. And it was amazing. And so, you know, pretty soon I was off going to Unleash the Power Within with Tony Robbins. I also did like the Landmark Forum. I didn't necessarily rate that so much. Um, but, you know, I, Unleash the Power Within was incredible. And I knew that Tony Robbins was doing NLP and this NLP thing just kept coming up. And I thought, you know what? Um, I want to learn this stuff. And mind you, like I said, I didn't have all this available money. I was borrowing, I was spending money on my credit card. I was increasing my credit card limit. I was borrowing money against my house. Um, you know I was doing all of this stuff just to get money to fund you know I was so determined I was going to change my life and that I would make all this money back eventually and so I decided then I was like okay I've done these these seminars they're great but I really want to learn these skills for myself so I went and found an NLP practitioner course and that literally blew my mind and I had such amazing shifts I, I released so much fear and crap that I had from you know my childhood and I just was sold I was just like oh my god I I want to be a coach I want to help people do this stuff so that was in the February of 2016 March of that same year oh no May sorry May of that same year I went over to Sydney and I was there for two weeks and did NLP Master Practitioner again it was a massive like massive mindset shift I released so much stuff it was like an exorcism, like <laughs> literally, I was just like got rid of so much stuff and I was, blew my mind, it's where I got introduced into starting to think about quantum physics and how we create our reality and a lot of advanced stuff about communication and behaviour and, and I was sold and I was like man this is it, I'm I'm coaching, I've got the keys to you know creating change in any way possible, I, I loved it. And so much so that I then decided that in fact, you know what, I could never help as many people as I wanted to one-to-one. I'm going to teach this stuff. So in the October of 2016, all in the same year, I went back to Sydney for a month and did NLP trainers training, hypnosis trainers training, timeline therapy trainers training, NLP coach trainers training, all the trainers trainings. And then in the December, I delivered my first seven-day for certification practitioner training, right? It was a massive year in 2016. And I definitely contribute learning NLP for me to to make that much of a shift in my life in that time, right? Like it, it was just like, I was just so driven. I was so focused on my outcome. I learned how to manage my state. I learned how to get rid of my limiting beliefs. I learned how to create a goal and get focused on it and take action and just make it happen. And I did that, right? Right through that whole year. And achieve some amazing things in in being able to do that. And then you know, th- throughout that year, I then decided I was actually going to sell my home because I wanted some more money to fund all this training that I was doing. And I was still cons- convinced that I was going to make all this money back. And then I decided I would actually going to leave my job. I'd leave my job because then I had have more time to focus on my business. So I've got no home <laughs> I moved into a rental I don't know no home anymore um I think I I don't know I, no, I don't know if I had much debt at that point in time I might have had some debt um but I had some cash in the bank from selling my home um and then I had no job so I had no income and I was pretty sure that I was just going to start making all this money but the thing is I didn't really know a lot about sales and marketing at that point in time and what happened was that very quickly I burnt through all my available cash and it very quickly got very, very stressful because I'm still a single mum, right? Like I'm the only person in my household who's supposed to be paying the bills or anything else. I had no income, was running out of cash and I quickly started stressing out about how I was going to pay my bills, how was I going to pay my rent, all that kind of stuff, right? Not a good spot to be in. And so I decided, well, I better go and get another job. So I did. And at that stage, I went and got a job as a money coach because I thought, well, my background's money. I'd worked in banking for a lot of years and then as an accountant and I'm a coach. So money coach sounds like a perfect fit. Uh, But as it turned out, money coach was probably a fairly broad term for what that job actually was. Uh, It was more of a sales role, selling high price items to people that couldn't afford it and then also um you know advising a lot of people to go bankrupt was not fun i it was against my values didn't agree with me in a whole lot of ways and it was super stressful and soon i was just stressed out of my eyeballs and crying every day i didn't want to go to work i hated it um But again, there were some good things that come out of that. And one was i learned a lot about sales, right? I shifted my mindset around sales. And the other thing was that it gave me the motivation to get my ass into gear to make my business work because I thought to myself, there's nothing that can be as hard that I'm not willing to do in my own business than sit at a job for someone else's business doing things that I don't agree with, right? There's nothing... Can be that bad. So I decided to really get stuck into it and do it. So I left that job, went all in on my business. And now, with all that being said, there were some things that I did very well throughout this time. Number one was I backed myself. Right? I always backed myself. I invested heavily in myself and I took risks. Okay, if you're going into business, you have to be willing to take risks. You don't necessarily need to take as much risk as I did okay uh you don't have to and like having said that like everything turned around for me pretty quickly i now do have my own home and investment property and invest in other things and make six figures and all that kind of stuff but for a couple of years it was a little bit dicey right but i took risks they did pay off i the other thing that i did really well is that i went all in on learning the tools that would put me ahead of the rest right i didn't tell myself that oh when I make money from this first thing that I've done, then I'll invest further in myself, okay? Uh, or I didn't say, well, once I've practised these first skills that I've learned, then I, I'll go and learn the next level stuff. I, di- I didn't do any of that, right? I just went, no, I'm all in, I'm going as far as I want to go um, and and full steam ahead. Another good thing that I did was that I built relationships with people that led me to getting my first clients and my first office spaces. So, for example, uh, my workplace upstairs from where my off- where I did my accounting role from, upstairs, there was empty offices. So, I went and asked my boss, can I use those offices to see clients in? And he pretty much said, yep, as long as you've got public indemnity insurance, you can do that. Win. I had a free office space. Um, I also built a relationship with a naturopath who had an office across the road from me who was looking for practitioners to join her space. And so, uh, so she referred clients to me and I had this deal there where I only had to pay her a percentage of the money that I actually earned there. So I didn't have to pay, I wasn't paying for rent if I wasn't making money. So that was a good deal. Uh, the other thing that I did was that I networked through local meetups and business groups. And I also uh, had a weekly walking group that I run that for a couple of years. So there was, I was always turning up somewhere and talking about what I did or helping people or giving back. And, and when I joined groups, I would, you know, work out who's running this group and see how I could help them. So if they needed someone to do something, I was there. So I was always giving and, you know, making myself useful, giving, helping, doing all those kinds of things. So I did those things very well. Now, what I didn't do very well is that I didn't treat my business like a business. Okay, I didn't treat my business like a business. And one of my core values in business when I first started at at that time was flexibility. Now, you might think flexibility sounds great. Isn't that why we all start a business? So that you can have flexibility in your hours and, you know, what it is that you do. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. For me, flexibility represented that nobody was going to tell me what to do, when to do it, where I had to be, how much I could get paid or anything else. It was more like flexibility for me was more like being a rebellious teenager than, than running a successful business. Okay, so that was a problem. This value of flexibility, which was just me doing whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. Okay, there was no structure to it. The other thing that I didn't do very well was that I was very good at making myself busy doing things that seemed like business, but didn't really move the needle very far as far as being income producing. Okay, so think about, you know, Canva. I got very good at Canva and creating these Canva posts with nice quotes and posting them on Facebook, right? I did a lot of that. People liked them. It was nice. Did it make anyone buy from me? No. No right? It was just busyness. It was just easy stuff that I could put out that was like chewing gum for the mind, right? It wasn't, wasn't sales and marketing. It wasn't enticing people to see how I could help them. People would just read it going, yeah, that's really interesting, isn't Tony totally nice, right? Doesn't, doesn't build business. I also spent too much time with people that weren't succeeding in business either because it felt more comfortable, It was more comfortable to be around other people who were also struggling because then you didn't feel like an imposter. I didn't feel like an imposter. I didn't feel like, you know, these other people didn't make me feel like I didn't know what I was doing because we were all in the same boat. Okay, and I made some really nice relationships there and there were some positives that come out of it, but I should have been spending more time with people who were successful in business. I also spent too much money with... Uh, business coaches who just weren't a good match for me I was so busy thinking that like someone who seemed like they knew what they were doing uh, like that they would help me right but I ended up working with people who I spent money for on that really it was not good money spent and they didn't really help me that much and some of them were terrible to be honest some of them were quite terrible and I remember having my daughter with me at one of these meetings and when I left, my daughter was even like, my daughter at this stage was like 12 or 13, was like, oh, my God, Mum, I can't believe she said that to you. And she's like, I was just waiting to see what you were going to say back. It was it was pretty terrible. But anyway, that was a lesson learned. And the other thing is that I did everything manually and ad hoc. So I didn't have any systems and processes in place. I repeated things over and over, but I didn't have consistency in how I was doing that you know, my filing was a bit of a mess, even on like my computer files, all that kind of stuff. It's very inconsistent, ad hoc, repeating things that I shouldn't have been repeating and not doing all that very well. So there were some of the things that I wasn't doing particularly well. And, you know, you may, you may relate to some of this uh, and you might have other things that's popping to your mind that maybe you're doing that's not really helping you shift the needle either. But what I'm gonna talk about now... I'm going to share with you what are the exact things I would do differently if I was to start my business again. This is a quick and important message to let you know the Coaching Circle podcast is proudly sponsored by Tony Everard Coaching, your go-to coaching, communication and business mindset specialist and NLP master trainer. Are you ready for an identity shift to break through to the next level in your life and business? I'm here to help you tap into your inner power so you can fulfill your grand life purpose. Book a personalized one-to-one strategy call with me to supercharge your business mindset, coaching and communication skills. Let's work together to elevate your success and amplify your impact. Head to the link in the show notes to schedule your strategy call today. What I'd do differently if I started my business again Here are the things. Number one, I would treat my business like a business and structure my time and create systems and processes for each area of business. Okay, so you can, doesn't matter how big or small your business is, you can still separate your tasks and systems and processes into sales, marketing, admin and delivery. And when you do this, what happens is that you shift your mind from, oh, I'm just a coach or I'm just someone who's doing, you know, this stuff to like, no, actually I've got a real business and this real business has real business tasks, just as if you were working in a job in a bigger company, they would have sales departments, they would have marketing departments, they would have admin, they would have delivery, you know, they might have some other areas, but those are the four main ones that you need to have. And you can even mind map this out. There's a great app called uh, MindMeister. You can use it free and it's a really cool app. You can do it. In my Elevate program, I, I have a whole training about how to use it. But essentially, you can mind map out and go, okay, what are my tasks in sales? What are my processes and things in there? Marketing. What are my processes and things in the marketing area? Admin. What are the things I do in admin? Whether that's paying yourself a wage, ordering stationery, doing, you know, whatever and then delivery. So obviously that's your coaching and your coaching programs or trainings or whatever it is that you do. So you look at that. So treat your business like a business and know that every week there these are these tasks that need to happen for a successful business to uh, exist, right, and to profit. Now the second thing that I would do if I was starting my business again is I would decide to master sales and marketing straight up okay so just wanting to be a great coach or trainer or or practitioner and thinking that like I'm just going to be the best coach in the world or the best trainer or whatever that is that is job mentality okay when you have a job you just get paid for a specific thing right your area of expertise that's what you get paid for but if you want to have a business you you have to learn business as much as you learn how to be a great coach okay you have to learn business and a big part of that is mastering sales and marketing and you can't just go and outsource that you cannot just go and outsource your marketing if you don't know enough about marketing to understand who your own market is what your voice is what you're passionate about who you help what you love helping people with what you know you help people achieve if you don't know that for yourself don't expect any marketing company to know how to do that for you, okay? You should only go to a marketing company when you're already very, very clear about a lot of this stuff for yourself and then you can tell whether they're doing stuff that aligns with you or not. So you've got to learn sales and marketing for yourself. Now, I, I've got clients who are uh, – one of my clients he has got a, like a 20 million plus brand, right, across his businesses. He does most of the marketing himself is his he's a marketing genius right that's the thing people weren't successful are very good at marketing so you have to decide that you're going to be very good at that and if you are saying oh look I'm just not good at those things it's a limiting belief look it, it may be reality when you start a business that if you've never done sales and marketing that you're not good at it right I wasn't but it's a limiting belief it's a limiting belief to think that you never can be Okay, so you've got to sort that stuff out. And that moves on to the third thing, which is working on your identity and owning your expertise. So when you think about being in a business, you've got to shift your identity. It's a different identity. If you're still thinking about, you know, you're still Jenny from the block. (laughs) That's just my crazy mind. Um, If I am still thinking I'm still Tony from accounts, right? I'm still Tony from accounts. Tony from accounts doesn't do sales and marketing, or you know owns her expertise as a coach and trainer okay so you have to shift your identity so I would have done a lot more work around my identity to make sure that that includes me being good at sales and marketing being good at business being good at um, public speaking you know putting myself out there sharing ideas those kinds of things and so your identity is all about your values and your beliefs and your attitudes right it comes down to this be do have so you've got to decide who do I want to be right and it's not being somebody else it's literally diving into the core of you more expand more expressive version of you that's you know you've got to get rid of all this old stuff that says you're less than and really move into that being that identity of like no like I am someone who provides a great service and i market that and I'm good at sales and all of that is because I help people right like I help people if I want to help people I can't just be a good coach to help people I have to be good at sales and marketing to help people okay and own your expertise so no like even if you've just come straight out of a training like practitioner training for example an LP practitioner training is a full-on training right I teach this it's a full-on training that Is a challenge to learn. Like, there is a challenge element to it. Okay, I'm very good at teaching it and I get people across the line and they do learn it and I create a lot of support for people, but it's a challenge. So, even if you're fresh out of NLP practitioner training, I can guarantee you that you are more of an expert on how people think and how they communicate and how they can create change in themselves than any of your potential clients. Right? And you've got to own that. You've got to own that. Now, The next thing, I think we're up to thing number four that I would do would be that I would create a whole bunch more content that talks to people's problems and desires rather than just posting quotes and offers. Okay, that's what a lot of my stuff would be. Um, Come and buy my training. Come and buy my uh, coaching package in between, um, you know, some nice quote. I don't know, whatever quote you want to, there's lots of inspirational quotes. Now, I'm not saying don't ever post quotes. Some quotes can be great. gives people an idea of how you think and what you value. That's great. But if all you're posting is quotes and buy my shit, it's, it's not good, right? You've got to create more content. Get good at storytelling, right? Get really connected to the emotional problems that people have because people buy stuff emotionally, right? They People buy stuff emotionally and they justify it with logic. So you need to be good at talking to people's real life problems. Like what are they actually experiencing? And the more clear you are about who it is that you're helping, the better you'll be at this, okay? And create more content around it and create more video content, video and audio content. You want to create as much content as you can where it gives people the opportunity to get in rapport with you, right, number one, because when people can see you and they can hear you, much easier for them to get into rapport with you right and if you're if you're afraid of people seeing you or hearing you well look what do you think happens when you actually have a client right they they get on zoom with you they come in an office with you and they can see you and they can hear you right and they're only going to be there because they want to be there and they feel like they're in rapport with you so it makes sense <laughs> that you do a whole lot more of that before they even get on a phone call with you and then they're already in rapport right? They already know what you talk about. They already have got it in their mind that they want to work with you. It's a much better idea. And and know that, you know, when you're creating content, a lot of people have this thing about visibility and, oh, who am I to share this, right? When you're doing that, I can guarantee it, you're thinking about somebody who's not your client judging you about what you're saying, right? Do you know what? It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're um, Brene Brown, or um, what's the 12 Rules of Life guy? I'm listening to his one of his books at the moment. Um, Jordan Peterson, there will be people that judge those people. Do you think they care? No, they don't, right? So, this is the thing you have to create content knowing that you're creating it for your ideal client. Haters are gonna hate, right? If they really don't like your stuff, they can scroll on by if they're taking the time if someone if you put out content and someone takes the time to comment something nasty to you or give you some unsolicited feedback or you know make some comment it it, it is so about them and, and like i can assure you i've had people do this to me i've had people message me unsolicited advice telling me about how i should change what i've posted because it's out of an integrity and stuff how they know what's in integrity for me, I don't know, but I just told them, thanks for your input. Do you know what? I, I, I back myself. I stand by what I say. Um, I've had people I don't even know bag me out about things that I've written. Good luck to you, right? It tells me more about them than it does about me, okay? And in the meantime, the amount of people I've had that have thanked me for putting out content that's helped them is off the charts, Like it's off the charts. People message me when I run into people. They say, "Oh, do you know what? I watched your video on that. It really made a difference to me. Thank you so much." Right? It comes with the territory. But create more content. Create more content that talks to people's problems and their desires rather than just posting quotes and offers. Now, the next thing is that what I would do is I would start a podcast earlier. And consistently put out podcasts because I've come to find that I really love podcasting. I love it with like a passion. I love sharing my thoughts and ideas and things that I think will help people. I I love interviewing people. I love it. It is like it lights me up, Um, and it is a great way to produce a lot of content. So from this podcast, for example, like I, you know, I can use apps and things that will cut it into like little video shorts that I can use as reels and, um, you know, sound grabs and all kinds of things that will save me producing a whole bunch of individual content, right? So like that's a really good – so finding some – so for me it would be a podcast. I really love podcasting. Um, For you it could be something else. could be some other kind of long-form content that you do um, but create like something that you do that's a bit longer form, you'll be able to create a whole bunch more uh, shorter content that you can then share and then it's just a great way for people to get to know you and the more you are comfortable with just talking and just letting the words flow from the top of your head the better you get at it and you position yourself as an expert right because most people think that it's like really hard to do a podcast but I, I started doing this podcast in the last few months of 2023 um, so we really close to a thousand downloads and yes, I do a weekly thing. It's, it's not that hard, right? It's not that hard, especially when you when you love it. So that's what I would do. And the other thing is create valuable lead magnets. It took me a long while to really understand lead magnets and generating leads. I don't know why. It might have been a block that I had around sales and marketing. But it took me a long while to, while to get it. And I was always like, oh, is that really any value? And how do you just create a PDF that's all that great? Well, look, to be honest, um, I would always create a lead magnet now. This is my focus now. That's got some kind of video or audio attached to it. So it's almost like a mini course. And then it's got some actual value that you actually think, do you know what? I could actually sell this, right? Even if it was like, I could sell this for 50 bucks, 20 bucks, 15 bucks. Could be a recorded hypnosis audio. It could be a recorded meditation. It could be anything. It could be, but if you do a PDF... Add some audio or video to it, right? Makes it like a mini course. It makes it more valuable. Makes it easier for people to get into rapport with you. And uh, yeah, adds to all of that. So those are the things that I would do if I started my business again. And, and a lot of it really comes back down to identity and mindset and more quickly identifying the resistance that I had to doing anything and working on those things. That's the thing is just knowing that any resistance you have to anything, to do anything, just do it and work through it. Get a coach, you know, work with a coach, help you get through it, okay, because resistance is just, its it's, you're not going to die, right? You're not going to die. It doesn't matter if you do something that's not the best right now because I can assure you if you look back through my history, you'll see stuff that wasn't my best, Right? but it's been amazing because people have seen my growth over that time and they go, wow, Tony, it's just been amazing to see your growth. So they know that I know what I'm talking about because they can literally see how I've changed my life and, of course, if I know how to do it for myself, I know how to do it for others, which I do, and I do it for other people. So those are the things that I do. So, so really it comes down to, like I said, really shifting that identity and working on yourself and, and getting really focused about being a business person not just like a coach or practitioner or whatever that is and I would have used more of my NLP skills on my business mindset. I used it really well for getting rid of my childhood traumas and improving my health and improving my relationships and taking risks and and helping clients I've become like an incredible coach using NLP. Like, I, like seriously, I wish I had a coach like me. <laughs> I do. I could coach myself. That would be amazing. Um, but it took me a while to really think about using NLP for improving my business mindset. And and I think the thing was that no one ever really explained that to me. You know, the trainings that I went to were really focused on learning skills for you to use for your personal use, which was really great, but they didn't really focus on how to use it for your business mindset. Um, and the business coaches that I went to, they were really f- focused on like marketing techniques and those kinds of things, but they didn't really focus on mindset and identity and they didn't want to right? So I always felt like there was there's something kind of missing. And um, so look at, it took a lot of um, my own trial and error to do this. And this is why I'm so passionate about helping people learn how to do this now. Because, you know, when you shift your identity, so that you're, you know, you believe yourself to be the person that is a match for doing the things and having the results that you want to have in business, like it makes things so much easier. And that's why I talk about it on this podcast. Um, It's why, you know, I created the Coaching Circle Insiders, which is a business and mindset membership group that I've created on Facebook. Um, And where I do like, it's very accessible and I do live training, like weekly live training and Q&A in there to help people understand this. Um, I also, you know, of course I teach NLP, but then I have my top level Elevate coaching Program, which is Business and Mindset Coaching Program for NLP Master Practitioners that really want to take their skills and thinking to the next level so they can build a successful business. It, it's it's something that I, you know, I really want to provide that is something that I wish I had access to when I first started. And, you know, I always feel that my own growth and lessons are so much more valuable when I get to share them with others, right? It, it lights me up. That is why, I, like, this is why I'm so passionate about it. It's why I teach NLP, why I do this podcast, why I do everything that I do. Like, I just, if if I can improve something for myself, I want to be able to help other people do that as well. It's it's just my jam, right? So I would love to know what's been your biggest takeaway from this episode, right? What do you need to focus on for 2024 to really shift the needle? right what is it you need to change about the way that you think the behaviors that you're having how you're doing your business and you know leave a comment under this or send me a message right because I love I really love hearing real feedback from people and uh and you know it's just the best thing in the world so so there, there you have it they're the things that I would do if I was starting my coaching and training business again and uh yeah I look forward to hearing what was the thing for you Thanks for listening to The Coaching Circle. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Please like, share and subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with all our latest episodes. You, my friend, are awesome. So keep coaching and keep evolving.